Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. All soaps are clean, but there's only one soap that is pure. Ivory. I mean, they said it themselves. They said we are 99.999% pure. Now, what's the difference? Well, the difference is simply this. The other soaps have additives. Perfume, deodorants, those kinds of things. They're additives. Ivory has no additives. And so they claim to be pure. You've got clean, but then there's pure. You know, many Christians, we're all clean. But some of us along the life, along this way of being a Christian, we've kind of collected some additives. What's that? Well, all that stuff that weighs you down. I don't know, maybe a relationship you're in. Maybe it's internet and things like that that just hinder you and hold you down. You know, things that get in the way from you loving God, from you, sir. Anything can be an additive. The the golf god. Man, people play golf like it's a god. Well, that can be an additive. Anything that keeps you from seeing Jesus is an additive. And when you have additives in your life, you're not ivory. You're more like zest. Kind of fill me in. You see? So there's a difference between having a clean heart and a pure heart. Here the scripture says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Why? Because when you have a pure heart, that's all you see is God. You just see God. I've got a pure heart. When you don't have a pure heart, you've got an impure heart, you don't see God. Point number seven, the happy person not only is the person merciful, the person is pure in heart, but also the happy person is a peacemaker. A peacemaker. Now, we all serve a God of peace. God is a God of peace. When you become a Christian, you make your peace with God. When you're walking with the Lord after becoming a Christian, you experience the peace of God. The Bible says, may the peace of God, which passes understanding, rule your heart and your mind. There's a difference. There's peace with God, like when you reconcile with God. You give your life to him, and you make peace with God. And now you're in a relationship with him. But the peace of God, you go on to obtain the peace of God that passes understanding. God is a God of peace. Amen, saints? And the Bible begins with peace in the garden 
and ends with peace in eternity. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the cross of Jesus Christ brings people together and makes peace possible. And so this beatitude, peacemaker, is one that I don't think anybody, Christian or non-Christian, would disagree with. Everyone wants peace in the world. Did you know, I found this to be fascinating, it is estimated that over the last 4,000 years, there has been less than 300 years of peace on the earth, meaning a world without war. Less than 300 years of peace on the earth. That's pretty fascinating, of 4,000 years. You know, someone once said that peace is that brief, glorious moment in history when everyone stops to reload. Isn't that true? It was Einstein talking about warfare. He said, quote, it's not a physical problem, but an ethical one. What terrifies us is not the explosive force of the atomic bomb, but the power of the wickedness of the human heart. It's explosive power for evil, end quote. James chapter 4 says pretty much the same thing. Wars come from the lust that war in your members. Peace. We all want peace on the earth. But I'll tell you, and I think you will agree, the only way that true peace will be on the earth is when the prince of peace comes to reign on the earth. Amen, saints? And then and only then will you see true peace. Peace, peace upon the earth. Notice Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Jesus is talking about those who actually go out and actively help to bring about peace in the world. Well, how do we do that? Well, as simple as this. You take the gospel out into the world. By spreading the gospel... And by telling people of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the mercy of Jesus Christ, you are spreading peace in the world. Yesterday I was at a wedding, and, uh, and that was a beautiful wedding, just an incredible wedding. And uh, after the, 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 the wedding, uh, there was a gentleman who came up to me. And he says, oh, well, when you spoke, I, I recognized your voice. He said, are, are, you're Pastor Rodney from the Salt and Light Radio Station, right? Radio broadcast. I said, yeah. And, and he said, oh, I just enjoy the, the radio broadcast. He went on and on and on. He says, and, and let, me, let me ask you, you're a multicultural church, aren't you? And I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, oh, great. He was really excited about that. Well, I walked away and I thought to myself, I thought, you know, being a multicultural church we are bringers of peace in the world. Just simply by being a multicultural church, we are showing the world that race is not important in the kingdom of God. If you agree with that, say amen. Well, yeah, give the Lord a hand because that's important for us to understand. It's a sad thing in the church today. I am told, and I think you know it's true. 11 o'clock, they say, is the most segregated hour of the week on Sunday. 11 o'clock a.m. is the most segregated hour on Sunday a week. 
That, that shouldn't be. That should not be. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we are given the ministry of reconciliation. We are to go out, take the gospel out into the world, and not preach reconciliation. And don't misunderstand. Hear me. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying go into the world and preach reconciliation. Because reconciliation is a temporary peace. It can be a temporary peace. So you don't go out and preach reconciliation. You go out and you preach Christ. You go out and you tell the world that Jesus died for the black man, for the white woman, for the Hispanic people. Jesus died for all people. And when you tell them that, then you tell them that the blood of Jesus Christ is red. Say amen. His blood is red. And that's the only color he sees. And then you tell him that it is that red blood of Jesus that reconciled all people, the Jew, the Gentile, the black, the white, the male, the female. The Bible says the barbarian and the Scythian. He brings all people together in one. And now we are all one in Christ. And this is what we're to preach. And that's why I'm glad I pastor a multicultural church. I am blessed when people come here and they say, man, I'm just amazed that, man, this is in the South. And I say, yeah, we do serve a great God, don't we? God's doing an awesome work in this church and using every one of you to do it because every time you show up here, you are preaching a message to the world that the issue is the kingdom of God, not color. And we are bringing that gospel, spreading that gospel, and bringing reconciliation, and that's what's making peace in the world. Blessed are the peacemakers as we share the gospel. Romans chapter 10 verse 15 says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And when we do, we're bringing peace. And notice the reward of the peacemaker is that they are recognized by God, not by the world. Don't expect the world to give you the poor in spirit award. Amen. Don't expect the world to give you the peacemaker award because it ain't going to happen. We are recognized as children of God by God. Our last and final point, the happy person is persecuted for righteousness sake. Now you say, Rodney, I was with you up to this point, man, but I don't know about all this. Well, listen, listen, before you check out, listen, it comes with a package. I mean, it really does. You see, if you're really poor in spirit and pure in heart and you're really merciful and you're really meek and you're really humble, then basically, I guess you're a Christian. And if you're a Christian, you're acting like Jesus. And when you act like Jesus, you can count on it. It will bother some people. Amen. Acting like Jesus bothers some people. It irritates them because when you're living a righteous life before the Lord and others, listen, write this down, righteousness is by nature confrontational. Righteousness by nature is confrontational. Well, Jesus said it like this in John chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus said, for everyone practicing evil, 
hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deed should be exposed. So when you're living a godly life, your very presence irritates those who aren't living a godly life. I was in the military and uh, working in an office. And, and, you know, every office has that one person that just like to irritate you. You know what I mean? We, everybody, every office has that one person that just like to irritate you. And I, when I was in the military, I was very vocal and upfront about my faith. I thought, hey, if they're going to worship Satan and talk about what they did on Monday, on Wednesday, I mean, whatever night they go out and do whatever they do, and they're going to come to work and talk about it, well, then I'm going to talk about Jesus. So I was always very upfront about my faith. They used to call me Deacon. They gave me a nickname. I'd come in, hey, doing Deacon. I'm fine. What's going on, Deacon? I'm just great, thank you. I said, oh, my, my business, I'm doing my work now. I want y'all to know I'm doing my work. You always got that one person that's over there talking loud and saying bad things about Jesus. Trying to get, you know, trying to get your attention, you know, oh, what about Jesus, blanket and blank, blank, you know, going on about Jesus and all them Christian hypocrites and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, just don't talk about my mother, okay? <laughs> you say something about my mom, I'm going to lay hands on you, all right? Pray for your healing, all right? <laughs> we talking about moms now. <laughs> but I've just, you know, you always had that one person when you stand for what you believe and you stand for the one to whom you follow, you can count on suffering for righteousness sake. You can count on it. Now, Second Timothy, chapter three, verse 12, it says, yes, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You know, this is not one of those verses you underline in your Bible, is it? Is this one of the verses you have highlighted in your Bible? Because this is a promise verse. Now, we love the promises of God. We got the little promise thing in our bathroom on the, on the back. You know, the little promise card index thing. Everybody has them. You always get a gift with the little promises of God. And you, you all put all the trinket gift things in the bathroom. It goes in the bathroom. Okay, put it in the bathroom. On the top of the toilet or whatever. That's where they go. And so, and so you get the promises of God. But this is a promise of God. That if you live for God, you shall suffer persecution. Now, we like to claim all the other promises of God. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He will never leave me or forsake me. All things work together for good. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I am the God that healeth thee. Exodus. We love to claim the promises of God. But look, listen, if we're going to really name it and claim it, let's name it and claim it. I'm all for it. Okay, let's name and claim this verse. Yea, all who will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Uh, we don't want to claim that one because we don't want to suffer. And especially here in this country, we don't suffer. I mean, we, we think we're suffering if our favorite restaurant doesn't have our favorite meal on the menu. No, I went to Baxter's and they didn't have my crab cake, so I'm suffering for Jesus. I'm doing all the microwave is broken. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's painful. I'm going to suffer for Jesus. My microwave's not working. You're not suffering. 
Hey, you want to talk about suffering? You look at the early church. Do you know that all of the disciples except one John suffered a martyr's death? As you look through scripture, you look through the history of the early church, our brothers and sisters, and might I remind you, our brothers and sisters, Christians who have died and been martyred, torn on the racks, fed to lions, beheaded, crucified, upside down, burned at the stake. These are our brothers and sisters. They suffered for Jesus. Many people even today are suffering persecution because they won't bow the knee to Islam and communism. And here in America, if you're being persecuted for your faith, if you are being mocked for your faith, if you lose your job because of your commitment to Christ or you don't get invited to happy hour, after work, last service I said after church, I've forgotten, slipped, it slipped out. <laughs> I couldn't believe I did that. I said, if you, I was preaching with power, I was sweating, man. I said, if you don't get invited to happy hour after church. <laughs> oh my. But I don't know what y'all do after church. So maybe that speaks to you, brother. But yeah, happy hour. People, you know, the office is going out to happy hour and they don't invite you. I don't even know why they call it happy hour anyway because nobody's there happy. <laughs> Have you noticed people are just crying over their beer and writing sad songs? What's happy about happy hour? Nothing. Well, they didn't invite you to happy hour after work. <laughs> hey, you know, the Bible says you should be happy. It's interesting because in verse 10 through 12, that's one beatitude. And we can see that this word blessed is used twice. So it's blessed, blessed, happy, happy are you and you should rejoice and be glad. The literal translation would be jump and skip with happy excitement. Well, let's do that right now. Come on. <laughs> jump and skip. With happy excitement. When the world persecutes you, here it is, watch this, very important, falsely. Now that's really very important. You know, a lot of times Christians are being persecuted not because they are righteous, but because they're weird. Isn't it true? I mean, it's not righteous persecution. You know, if you're weird and getting persecuted... You deserve it. I mean, what would I tell you? Yo, Pastor, you know, Pastor Ronnie, you know, I, I'm being persecuted for Jesus. Really? What's, what's going on, man? Well, I got fired from a job. Really? Why? Well, because I've been late to work. Really? Just once? Yeah, once a day. You know. <laughs> You know, and I need to leave early because I've got things to do. And, you know, my boss, I just, and I'm like, <laughs> you're killing me. Wait a minute. That, that's not being persecuted for righteousness sake. You're just lazy. <laughs> you, you are just lazy. That's not good. That's not a good thing. You're being a poor witness and you're being a bad employee. 
being persecuted for righteousness means I'm standing for my faith in Jesus Christ. I will not deny my faith. I remember one time uh, I was teaching a Bible study on Camp Pendleton. And I was called into one of the officers' office. And I was the E3, E4 at the time. And he was like a 0100 or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I'm called in. They said, Finch? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I hear you're doing, uh, what is that, some kind of scriptural study? Um, yes, sir. It's a Bible study, sir. Uh, well, you know, I've got to ask you to cease and desist immediately from teaching the scriptures or whatever it is you're teaching. I said, um, may I ask why, sir? He said, well, because, you know, it's attracting too much attention. The Bible study was huge. The lunchtime Bible study, it was huge. God was blessing. It was amazing. These people were coming and pulling up and parking cars. It was like 50, 60 people at a lunchtime Bible study with an E3. <laughs> and the chaplain on Friday, he had one person showing up, and that was his wife. Well, Finch, you've got to stop teaching those scriptural things. And, uh, and I said, sir, I said, um, I can't do that. I said, I'm teaching a Bible study. I'm never late. I work hard. I said, my evals, I just got my evals, and my evals were very good. I said, there's no problem. People don't get back to work late and all of these kinds of things that could be a problem. I was very, very, very diligent and, and very timely then. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I said, sir, I, you know, it's my lunchtime. It's their lunchtime. And we, we, we uh, you know, I, I have to do this. I have to Teach, teach the Bible study, sir. Well, Finch, um, we're just going to have to uh, talk about this a little bit later. And they realized that I was not going to stop. I was not going to stop that Bible study, period. Do you know what they did? Because it was attracting so much attention, they gave me my own building. <laughs> Is that awesome? And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because now we can have Bible study every day. Because if it rains, we can still have Bible study. Because we used to have to meet outside. Now, if you're suffering and being persecuted for something that you are doing right, you are loving God, serving God, and, and you're being a good witness, and you're being a good witness to the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and your faith is a Christian, then the Bible says if you receive persecution, then you should jump and skip for joy. Happy are you. You should be excited because God's using your life. If we're being persecuted, then let's be persecuted because we are honestly living a righteous life before the world. Is that okay, you guys? Let's be persecuted for that. You know, I tell people often, the way to be happy is to live your life backward. Backward? What do you mean, Rodney? Well, it's as simple as this. If you live your life from heaven, okay, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So you live your life from what pleases God. 
from a heavenly perspective, doing what is right before God and what pleases God, and then begin to work backward, you will find that you will be happy. You see, happy people are holy people. Happy people are holy people. You know, we hear about these books and video series on, you know, I'm coming in for a landing here. I'm about to end. And, um, oh, happy people. There. Well, 10 keys to happiness. If you'd like to be happy, there's 10 keys to happiness. And buy my video series, you know, and you can find out what 10 keys they are. You know, I, I, think, I, think, I think successful Christian living is about one key. One, one key to successful living. If you seek to live for happiness... You'll never find it. But if you seek to live for holiness, guess what? You will be happy. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.